0: A registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve
1: Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 18th, 2023. And we're almost done with August. It's passing us pretty by and that means summer's flying by. Labor Day is only in a couple of weeks. And you know, have you seen the weather report? By the way, here where, you know, where I live here in South Orange County, San Diego, LA, Orange County, we're going to have a tropical storm. I I don't the last time I remember seeing one of those was when I was a kid living in San Diego when I was, you know, I don't know, 8, 9, 10. I mean, that's how long ago that's happened here. Yeah, we, we, you know, we get monsoons in the desert in Arizona in the summer, and that's common. And that's leftover uh, weather patterns down in Mexico that come up through the Arizona, and that's normal. This one, though, is still pretty strong and is coming up the coast and going to hit us directly, which I haven't seen. I mean, we're going to get one to two inches of rain, maybe even more. And just so you know, in August... Our average rainfall in August is zero. None. And we're gonna get one to three inches and in like two days. Pretty interesting stuff. I'm kinda looking forward to it. I hate to say that. I don't want anything damaged or people hurt or anything, but it's just so unusual. It's kinda exciting. I think. Anyway, it's a tropical storm by the time it hits us, Tropical Storm Hillary, by the time it hit us, it will be a tropical storm. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasla. I'm here today to help you become a better investor. That's my hope. And to do that, I want to give you information. I'm going to give you perspective, data. Give, I have a bunch of software with all kinds of data on it that I can share with you. And you can ask questions. I've developed all this data and information and experience over the last 50 years investing in the stock market and other markets, real estate market too, bond market. But that's what I'm here for, Ah. Huh? And I hope, I hope you will call. This is a call-in show. And I will blend in your comments, your calls, with my information, and hopefully give you a good grounding of what you're doing, how you're investing your own money. Remember, you, you, you drive the show wherever you want it to go. As long as it's financial, I'm, I'm on board with you. I really am. So let's do that. So I'm ready to tackle your questions, but you've got a call. The InvestTalk phone lines never change, never close. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. It's been the same number for 25 years, 24 years, I don't know, over two decades. Same number. Okay, my focus point today, Redfin CEO says the housing market has hit rock bottom. That's an interesting way to put it. Hit rock bottom. What do you mean hit rock bottom? Hmm, hasn't collapsed or anything. So we're going to explore what that person means by that. And since it is Friday, I will share highlights from the latest KPP Premium newsletter that's coming up at the halfway point of the show, the podcast. And of course, I got a bunch of other things to share with you. I got lots of stuff we can talk about. But again, you call 99 chart. The market was mixed today. The Dow was up twenty six points. The Nasdaq was down twenty six points. And the S&P was down one. So it was kind of a bad week for the overall market. Market was weak this week. Okay. Um, and I, then you shouldn't find that surprising. I, you know. We've been calling for a weakness in the market during the summer, and this looks like what we're experiencing now. I don't think there's anything to really panic over. And I've said before, you know, if we get a pullback, that should be health restoring, not a not a a, a crash of any kind, but health restoring pullback. And that could be, you know, it could be significant. I just don't know what it'll be. It's all guessing if I try to tell you how much I think it will. It's all guessing. And time permitting... Time permitting, I got a bunch of other things to talk about. Uh, retail data for the week—I want to know what that means. What does it show for the consumers? What is it telling us? And I want to talk about China. I know I've been talked about it a lot, but did you hear? The, did you hear or read about the Evergrande Group filing Chapter 15 bankruptcy in New York a couple days ago? Real estate problems in China—we've been talking about it for years. They build cities, that are empty. You don't think that that's going to that's be a problem? Well, it's becoming, this month seems to be like the problem is starting to surface big time. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. And the Federal Reserve says that Americans will run out of the COVID savings money next month. All the money, the helicopter money, the benefits from COVID, and all the... billions and trillions of dollars spent, that money is going to be gone next month. Hmm. What does that mean? What does that mean for investors and consumers? So that's what I'm going to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. I'm going to get to these points hopefully today. But again, as I said, that's what's planned, but you drive the show. Where we go and your calls, if I get a bunch of calls, we'll take your calls first. They come first got some voice bank questions to deal with treasuries uh dividend paying uh, s uh standard Poor's 500 dividend paying etf okay so again being friday premium newsletter halfway point that's what we're going to talk about that's what the market did today and that's what we're going to talk about so let's go ahead and start with our first call
2: hello my name is greg i'm calling from the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm looking for a dividend growth stock, and I stumbled across Microchip Technology Incorporated. I hadn't really heard of them before. Ticker symbol is M is in Mary, C as in Cat, H is in Harry, P is in Paul. I'm uh, just wondering if you saw any red flags with this company, if they'll have an issue sustaining dividend growth, and also if you could give a recommended uh, buy price, I'd appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: Okay. In recent weeks, it's come down, the last three weeks or so. It's peaked. It was at a 52-week high three weeks ago. So then from that, it's fallen. This is micro, microchip technology. It is a big company, $43 billion-sized company. Uh, so it's big. Microchip uh, sector, electric semiconductor manufacturing sector sector. Uh, it's out of Chandler, Arizona. Manufactures digital signal, digital signal microcontrollers, flash memory products, and miss signal and interface devices. Um, they have been very steady growth. Their peak will be uh, their peak. Two thousand twenty three earnings that their, their fiscal year is over was six dollars two cents. So that's not an estimate. That's actually what they earned. But next year they're going to only earn five sixty three. It's going to fall off and then bounce up a little bit in the year after the five eighty one. That's the estimates. It's a seventy nine dollars stock, so the forward P is like fourteen, which is not unreasonable. The five year range is ten to twenty six. China Equity is very good at fifty four percent. They don't have a lot of debt. Management owns two percent, only two percent of a forty three billion dollar company is pretty good. Pretty pretty good management participation there. And mutual funds have been slowly buying it. Sales, has been, sales growth has been strong in the last two years for quarter after quarter, for the last eight quarters. Um, but the most recent quarters, it fell from the low 20s. Now it's at the high teens. So there's where your danger is. Sales growth is starting to uh, soften. Growth still, but soften growth. And, of course, the stock is falling off its peak because of that. So what's a good buy point? Well, looking at a chart because that's where I get buy points. Everybody, it's sitting right at the 200, 200 day moving average right now. Generally speaking, if it holds that and starts up again, that's a good buy point. Okay, that it's at eighty dollars. It's at seventy nine forty one. So you want to watch that closely. Better buy points is the low $70, seventy seventy to seventy two dollars a share. That's that to me is the better buy point, and I I. Might be patient to see if we get there because I think we will. Okay. MCHP, Microchip Technologies. So as we head into a broke break, let me tell you about our new video feature we are producing. It's called the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight Spotlight, and it's free on YouTube. The second episode is available now and it talks about the energy sector. And as you know, the energy sector is very volatile, pretty high, oil is pretty high right now. So I would like you to head over to YouTube, take a, to, to YouTube, YouTube, our YouTube channel, InvestTalk Sector Spotlight, Invest Talk with two Ts, and see what you think. And now my phone lines are open, waiting for your questions, 888-99-CHART.
2: When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times.
3: Just wanted to get your opinion on. JP Morgan and
2: BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? To work? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. Here. And Steve Peasley.
1: I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson food, this is where I'd buy it.
2: The stock market is constantly changing, and serious investors know that they need to modify their portfolio assets to fit the times. And now with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin, this is uh, Jay from Salt Lake City. First of all, a great show, love it. Um, I had a question. So I hear about young people saying buy treasuries so that way when the interest rates go down, you can get the capital appreciation. However, I I buy them through like treasury direct. You can't do it that way. But I heard you can call your brokerage, for example, like TD Ameritrade and ask to buy treasuries. If that's true, would that give you the ability to sell them and capture the capital appreciation if interest rates go down? Anyways, I hope that made sense. Uh, Thanks again for the show. Have a good one.
1: Quick answer is yes. That is absolutely true. You can buy treasuries on the open market anytime, and you can buy them through your brokerage firm. Okay? Uh, And I do it all the time. So, yeah. Or you can buy other bonds, too, uh, which will give you higher returns. But if interest rates go down, all, all bond values will go up. All bond values will go up. So, yeah. Now, I like buying bonds and holding maturity myself. I don't really buy them for the capital appreciation, but I think you're going to have an opportunity to have capital appreciation because I think we're at or near the peak of interest rates. I would not be surprised if we're at the peak. The only danger we have is, is inflation going to kick back up or not? And frankly, uh, oil is worrying me because it's pretty high, and I think we're going to have some more demand China is going to start spending money on their economy to kickstart it again and that will you know eventually put pressure on oil prices higher while we are we are doing pretty well already economically uh so oil prices uh, you know you know we we if we could you know we, we should be drilling for more oil because it's at a high price and uh, I think it would be smart as an economy to do that but Okay, my focus point looks at the story behind Redfin CEO says the housing market has hit rock bottom. What is he talking about? Hit rock bottom? Prices are still at near highs. Yeah, they're solving a little bit, but not a lot. And you know, realist, what is he talking about? Rock bottom? And what he is really talking about? If you read the article, and yes, I agree with him after reading the article. Yeah, we have a, a housing market that we have over 7% 30-year mortgages now and we have a shortage of housing because no one wants to sell their house because if they sell the house and go buy a new house they're exchanging their old 3 to 4% 30-year fixed mortgage for a 7% mortgage so that's reducing the inventory out there available for anybody to buy at the same time prices are pretty high i think i think when he says rock bottom he's talking about the sales and turnover and more houses I, 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 p- as far as prices is concerned, we're not at rock, bo- rock bottom. I think we'll have more of that, more weakness in prices. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on talk Voice Pink. Or if you're listening live via stream or AM 1220 radio in Silicon Valley, call now, 888-99-CHART.
3: I host the Invest Talk podcast. I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 Anytime Listener Line at 888 99Chart.
1: 888 992 4278. On Fridays, I generally make uh, a, a little time uh, to give you a quick rundown on the key benchmark numbers. Two year treasury 4.91. Last week it was 4.89, so it went up a little bit. Uh, and I just so you, you know, I try to give you some perspective. You know, some almost two years ago, 18 months ago, it was under 1.64. You know, so that tells you how far it's run from 0.64 to 4.91%. If you bought a two-year treasury, you're going to make almost 5% a year. The 10-year treasury, 4.16. 4.16. I'm sorry, 4.23. 4.23. 4.16 was last week. 4.23%. So, um, and that was 1.7% 83 weeks ago. So we still have an inverted yield curve. Remember, I've always told you and I'm going to continue to remind you that whenever we have an inverted yield curve, there is a recession to follow. We just don't know how soon it's going to come. And here we are dealing with two years of an inverted yield curve. Man, had a recession yet. That's because all that money from all that COVID money and all that huge spending that the government's been throwing at us is keeping us afloat. Eventually, it's going to run out. And then we'll see gold 1890 per ounce it was 1913 last week it's been in this range for quite some time 1800 to 1900 dollars an ounce nothing new there it's been that way for almost a year and a half silver today 2276 is 2265 last week it was 2394 a year and a half ago so it's down a little bit one I like to talk about is oil. $81.29 a barrel. That translates in gasoline for California, $5.19 per gallon. Okay. I am paying $5.25 to $5.35 a gallon where I am. That's how much it costs. North Carolina, you get it for three fifty-eight. Do you remember two, three years ago what gasoline was? It's under two bucks in um, much of the country. For us, it was, of course, a dollar more than that—three something. So now it's super expensive, and you know that doesn't—I'm not sure why. Okay, I can give you the reasons everybody else gives you. Well, you got the war in Ukraine, and then you got the oil not coming in from Russia, and and then you got you know uh, Saudi Arabia is producing a million barrels a year less than they did before they cut production. I don't know why we just don't increase our production. We could. All we have to do is open up drilling. and All we have to do is, is say that we're going to open up drilling and start the process, and oil prices will crash. They'll come right down. I don't know if they'll crash, but they'll come right down very hard. And so with the gasoline per, per, per gallon at the pump. But that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not now. So that's what we're dealing with here. Pretty expensive energy costs for the average person. Pretty expensive. I know electric cars are still, you know, they're on our way. We're buying more. But they're still pretty darn expensive for most people. And, you know, what what do you think they're going to do with taxes? Because the government makes makes so much money off of oil. And that money is going to go away. When everybody does electrical vehicles, right, when that happens, you don't think they're going to quadruple taxes on on uh, electricity? They're going to get their money. It's just a matter of how. I, that's already happening here in California. They got rules uh, that are coming down the pike and taxes, new taxes coming. When They're talking about it. They got bills in front of Congress out, up, up in Sacramento. It's going to happen. It's going to happen everywhere. They got it. They can't stop spending. We know that for sure. So they gotta get their money. And it's gonna happen. Just be prepared. Retail data this week. Um, July retail sales are better than expected. Consumers are more discerning with their money, but they're still spending and they're more consumers seem to be spending their money more on experiences, vacation experiences or or, or entertainment experiences rather than just spending on things more so spending on it for experience and they're starting to you can tell looking at the retail sales Walmart did very well Target didn't but I think that's more to do with their uh, misstep on their uh on their uh marketing other rather than a weak sales I I think uh, they, they they made a, a Group of their customers upset with them, but Walmart doing very well, and other retailers are doing very well. Some some of the numbers that we saw. So um, the the you know your consumers is the person that you got to worry about. They drive our economy, and they're very you know someone you need to really you know study to try to figure out what's going to happen in the future economy. A consumer. And right now, the consumer is doing pretty well. On the next Invest Talk, we will look into the story behind this headline: Fitch Ratings warns it may be forced to downgrade dozens of banks. Are we going to have a bank, a little bank crisis going on here coming up? U.S. banking industry is inching closer to another turbulent time. That's Monday, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
3: Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? Com, hackerone.com.
2: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk quiz. Hi, this is Roy calling from Central Valley in California. This question is for the panel, either Justin or Steve. The symbol is S as in Susan, P is in Paul, Y is in yes, D is in David. It's an, an ETF, and I would like to know, at current prices, I have a small position. Would you add to it? Or just hold it or sell it. And I'll wait for your answer on
1: your next podcast. Thank you. Well, I I wouldn't sell it. I mean, I'm sure you bought this. This is an exchange traded fund seeking investment results corresponding to the SP five hundred high dividend index. So I'm sure you bought it because of the dividends. It pays at four point eight percent. That's not changed. So people, when you buy a stock, you have to ask yourself, why am I buying this stock? And has that that reason changed? And I would suspect your reason hasn't changed unless you're buying it just for speculation. And if that's the case, why would you buy a high dividend S&P 500? Why don't you just buy the S&P 500 if you're expecting uh, uh, capital appreciation for it to go up in price? So I'm suspecting you bought it for the dividend. That has not changed. The dividend is still solid. Is it? Uh, I, I don't know if I will add to it, depending on how big of a portfolio and how much I want my dividends. You want more dividends? You can buy more of this. You can buy other stocks, too. But so you've got to ask yourself, why I am owning this company? And you know what? This is not a company. This is a whole index. You know what? Uh, you should ask yourself for every stock you buy, why am I, write it down why you bought it. And if the, why, the reason you bought it changed, then there's a reason to look at it and see if you want to sell it or buy more. You know, if the reason that you bought it changed. To, price is not, there's only one component of your analysis of any stock. It's just one, one component. So that would be my, my suggestion. If you bought it for the dividend, then hold on to it. The KPP premium newsletter was finished today. And it will be distributed tomorrow to all subscribers, as it always is every Saturday morning. In the market conditions sections, we explained that stocks remain mostly flat, especially today, extending this week's losses. So the whole week had losses. Midway through the trading day, major indices were set for their fourth consecutive session in the red, and they were mixed by the end of the day, just not much movement Uh, Much of the market action this week centered around labor market conditions, treasury yields, and the threat of widespread bank credit downgrades. If these levels hold, the Dow will have its worst week since March, while the S&P 500 and NASDAQ will record their third straight week of losses. Weakness in the market. Again, I think it's healthy. We need some weakness right now. Market's done too well so far this year if I want a year-end rally, you want weakness now. So, Treasury yields surged this week as investors weighed in potential additional rate hikes. Remember, the Fed meets next month, and they are threatening to raise the rates again because they still don't think we have conflation necessarily under control. I'm not so sure they'll do that, but they might. Uh, uh, let's see, um, downgrades this week included major banks like J.P. JPMorgan Trace, uh, so that Fitch is the world's largest credit ratings, in the downgraded banking industry, and they're threatening to do more. The U.S. labor market's future is up in the air this week as initial jobless claims drop slightly, while the Federal Reserve anticipates further softening in labor market conditions. Economists remain divided over whether or the rate hiking cycle is concluded, leaving room for more potential rate increases. And of course, there's a lot more in the commentary, detail in the newsletter. You can get details. Stock idea section. There's four sections, um, and. Two of them, market conditions and stock ideas, is what we used to talk about on Friday. One of the ideas is the world's largest lithium producer. Our outlook for robust lithium demand is predicated upon increased demand for electric vehicle batteries. This company produces lithium from its salt brine deposits in Chile and the U.S. and its hard rock joint venture mines in Australia. Is trading at 5.49 PE with price cash flow of eight dollars and fifteen cents. The company has very little debt. The stock has recently sold off and may present an opportunity for you. You're looking for that kind of investment. And we also looked at a company that operates brokerage, wealth management, banking, and asset management businesses. The company runs as as a large network of brick and mortar brokerage branch offices, a well-established online investing website and has mobile trading capabilities. It also operates a bank and a proprietary asset management business and offers services to independent investment advisors. Long-term, we view this stock as undervalued. However, current market conditions have placed financials in an underway climate. So for long-term investors, this may provide an opportunity. You're always looking for things that are on sale. But they still you're looking for things on sale that have great fundamentals going forward. And, of course, we name names in the newsletter. It's You know, you, you'll, you'll know what they are because we provide them and more information in the newsletter. Okay, let's swing back to the InvestDoc Voice Bank 888-99-CHART. Stephen, Justin,
2: thanks for the show. This is Art from Tucson. I am calling about a small cap industrial, Mueller Industries, M L I and wonder what you think a good entry point would be for a longer-term hold. And I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you. Bye.
1: Okay, this is Mueller Industries. MLI is the symbol, metal uh, production and fabrication out of Tennessee. Uh, makes copper tube fittings and faucets, copper alloy rods for the uh, uh, Air conditioning industry, refrigeration and plumbing markets. Um, let's see. It's going to make $7.70 this year. That's the estimate. Last year it made $11.64 per share. Next year it's only going to make five dollars A 34% drop this year and another 29% drop next year. Sales have been falling sharply in the last four quarters. I I wouldn't buy this stock yet. Yes, it's inexpensive. The forward P.E. is nine, but that P.E. is going up because earnings are going down. So the price of the stock is $75. I don't like that trend where the P.E. is going up. Right now it's seven based on the last 12 months' earnings. Going forward, it's nine. It, it return equity is very good. Cash flow is very good. And they can certainly afford more than the 1.6% dividend. They can. Uh, but mutual funds are selling. We're talking about 25% of mutual funds have sold off. But the stock price hasn't really fallen that much. I mean, we're looking at a top about three or four weeks ago of $91.93. And today it's 75 I think it's going down further. I would not be a buyer of the stock until it reaches the high fifties. Then I would consider buying it. Not here. Now people are going to say, "Well, wait a minute. You you, you, you say a, a a PE under ten is low and over? Yeah, the average S and P five hundred PE is fifteen or so. So a PE of nine is pretty cheap." But not necessarily for this industry. Remember, PEs are rated based on their industries. They could be high, they could be low, depending on the growth. And I don't like the stock is not is shrinking in sales the last four quarters. I don't care for that. I would not. I want to know why. Is it trying to tell you the economy is going to soften? Is that why? Because the, the the business it's in is pretty basic. You know, building material kind of business. Tubing, faucets, copper alloy rods, and refrigeration and plumbing markets and sales are going down? Is there other reason other than what's the reason sales are going down? Don't like it. Don't I don't like this one at this point. Company's solid though. Don't get me wrong. Really good numbers as far as financial strength. But I don't think the stock I think the stock price is gonna come down more. Uh in China! China. Remember we talked about Evergrade Group starting a few years ago and how their mis payments uh, payments, bond payments and stuff. And remember Evergro Evergrade Group in China is a big builder, real estate giant, and defaulted a couple of years ago. And now they're they they filed chapter fifteen here in the United States. They've already were in bankruptcy proceedings in Hong Kong and the Cayman Islands. So they are in big, big trouble. They list $300 in liabilities. Now, this is one of their biggest or is the biggest property group in China. And if it was just them, okay, but it's not. There's another property group called Country Grade Holdings. Looks to be going in default on their bonds as well that they've issued. Amid others with record debt failures. Not, so there's the whole property industry in China. So China's having a property debt crisis, and it's rapidly deepening. The crisis is getting worse, and it's going to get worse. And, you know, they're going to have a big issue, and the government's going to come in. you know the government's going to come in and start spending and flinging around money? And you know what? I, I You know who this reminds me of? It reminds me of the 1980s Japan and their property bubble that they finally burst. And Japan did not want it to burst, did not want to burst, It made other healthy banks buy other banks and property companies to, to shore them up, trying to avoid filing bankruptcies and trying to avoid defaults. And eventually, in 1989, crash. Stock market crashed, and they still haven't recovered. Still haven't. This reminds me, The China thing reminds me of that Japan thing that happened, but it's a bigger scale. The difference is it's a communist country, and you know they're going to try to hide it, hide it, hide it. Remember I told you earlier in the week uh, that they refused to release their unemployment rates for their youth because it's so high they don't want to admit to it? That's what China does. They try to hide all their bad news, pretending it's not real, like putting putting your head in the sand. It's not happening. It's not happening. Well, it is happening. It would be better served if they faced it head on, but they don't. They don't want to. They lose face or whatever it is that they worry about, and it's going to hurt them even worse down the road. Their economy I'm talking about. And they're going to hide it. They're going to do their best to hide it. Look how long, you know, people don't remember the USSR. Us older guys remember the USSR. Look how long Russia hid how bad their economy was. They couldn't feed themselves. They could make nuclear weapons. They had a big military. Does big military sound familiar with China? Huge military budget, but that was where all their money went. In Russia, in the USSR, eventually the whole USSR collapsed. And all this, you know, then you got independent Poland started off with Poland and then all the other countries and just a huge mess. And Russia still is a third world country. They just have lots of nuclear weapons. They have a big army. big army that's not doing very well against a third world Ukraine army, (laughs) which to me is kind of hilarious. Anyway, so I'm I just pointing out there's going to be uh, still a big upcoming come comeuppance for China on property. And we're finally seeing it. It's getting real now. They've hit it for years and years and years. Put it off, put it off. But it looks like it's coming down. It's getting worse quickly. That's what I'm saying. Well, how it will eventually end up, I don't know. Depends on how, the, how they do their, how much how well they hide it. You know, we may not know. Just don't. 888 99 charters our number everybody 888 992 4278 love to talk to you we're going, you're getting close to the end of the show so you need you got about 10 12 more minutes so get your calls in i want to talk about the fed and what the fed is saying about americans running out of covid savings account before the end of the show i want to talk about that um, also um, what else did i see today that i wanted to mention to everybody now, see, I have, uh, you know, getting old. But there's, you know, econ- our economy, to me, seems like it's showing weakness, uh, or at least the beginnings of weakness. It's not showing up in the unemployment numbers, maybe in the unemployment claims numbers, but not really. I'm worried about our real estate market. With 7-plus percent 30-year mortgages, and just so you know, our real estate market makes up 12 to 15 percent of our economy. So if, it's not, if that stops, if that, if it's not healthy, that's going to affect our economy in a pretty significant way. Okay, and think about what they're doing to banks. I mean, Fitch and other rating agencies are downgrading banks, downgrading banks, and I think that just started. Remember, we talked about office space being so unfilled because people don't want to go back to work they want to work from home and it, 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 this is compounding the issue of real estate and then that's compounding bank's financial condition and remember you know that's like grease to the wheels of our economy banking banking is the oil that keeps our economy going the lubrication in the economy so we need those banks to keep functioning and can smoothly and of course the Fed will do its best, but it's a worry. It's a big worry for me. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasling and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99 chart.
2: building your financial future but you must have finance and investment questions justin klein and steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers so don't forget to call invest talk 888-99-CHART
1: 888-992-4278 we're going to go talk to heather in san jose hi heather hi
3: thanks for taking my call
2: I'm just wondering if this environment is V-U-S-T-X a good ETF to get into right now, or shall I wait?
1: Okay, this is the Vanguard Long-Term Treasury Fund, uh, V-U-S-T-X is the symbol, and it's 100% in long-term treasuries, and it's done nothing but go down the last year or so because the Federal Reserve has been raising rates. This fund will do very well when the Federal Reserve starts lowering rates, okay? So, if you feel the Federal Reserve is close to being done raising rates, well, the next move will probably be lowering rates whenever that might happen. So, it pays a nice dividend. That is something, you. the the yield is 3.18%. So, you're going to make 3% on your money, but the value of it, may continue to fall if interest rates go up. If interest rates rise, the value of this, the eat NAV, it's at $8.28 per share now, that will go up. And it won't go up dramatically, but if it just goes up to one percent, I mean 10%, you know, which would be nine dollars nine, you know, nine dollars per share, which is not uncommon. It was nine dollars per share July nineteenth. If it just goes up 10% and you get the 3% for the year, that's 13%. But it's extremely safe and stable. It's not, you know, it will do, it will never really crash on you because it's all U.S. government bonds. So I wouldn't hesitate to put some money in it, anticipating the interest rates probably getting close to the top. And then if they are, you'll do well if the interest rate starts to creep down. You'll do very well. Okay. If they stay high and the government keeps, Fed keeps pushing rich and sure rates up because they're worried about inflation, this this will go down in value more. But it will never crash on you. It just goes down slowly. Heather, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, The Fed said Americans will run out of COVID savings next month. All that helicopter money. Have you ever heard that term? That means government throwing money out of a helicopter and spreads everywhere. Everybody gets lots of money. Remember the checks you got from the government, all that money they gave out, and all their freebie stuff and all that? Well, that's going to be gone next month. Now it's going to be up to the consumer whether they're going to spend more money or enough of their own money instead of the money they have saved. That money is going to be spent as of next month. So that means they're going to be on the economy is going to be on its own unless the government comes up with another spending program, which to me would be foolish because we have so many trillions and trillions of dollars in debt and all we've done is grown it for years. And at some point, we got to stop growing that debt. And, you know, in the last, I don't know, four years or so, what, we jumped it up six, seven trillion more dollars? I don't know exactly how much, but trillions. Notice I'm not saying it's it's just one party or the other. I'm avoiding that. Both parties spend. It's just they spend differently. But we can't. what amazes me is they cannot seem to spend within their means. They have to spend more money in tax dollars they bring in. So what do they do? Keep spending, and then keep raising taxes. That's the formula that's been going on ever since I can remember. Spend more money, tax more. At some point, that's not going to work. It's just too much. I can't tell you what what, what that what that number is. I, I don't know what the number is. No one knows, by the way, what what the what the end is. Just don't. Okay, so be ready for the storm in Southern California. Those listeners in Southern California, we're going to have some interesting weather this weekend. And I was planning on driving out to Vegas on Sunday right in the middle of the storm. I have to take a look and see if that's a wise thing to do, but we'll see. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I, I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members, if you would, about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us if you do download it on iTunes. We would appreciate that. We fully expect that, that tonight we will cross over 55 million downloads, everybody. And I think that's great. I'm amazed myself that we've done that. I didn't expect it, but I want to thank you. We're at 54.9 million now. Independent thing and shared success, this is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend.
0: InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security.